Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, now for this episode, I spoke with uh, Shalev Moran. Now, I met Shalev at a Reboot Develop Blue in Croatia earlier this year. And by complete coincidence, I just finished a game that he and his team had developed, uh, Gerda, A Flame in Winter. And before my interview, then we agreed to chat then. And before my interview, I had just completed the DLC, Gerda, Leave a Story. Now, I loved this game and the DLC. I I really loved the, just near everything about it. Uh, the location, it's uh, set in Denmark uh, during World War II. And you play as Gerda and Leva in the DLC. And you have to make decisions on, uh, on how to, first of all, uh, save your husband as Gerda. And uh, you're part of revolutionaries as Leva. And... Um, and it was a real delight to speak to Shalev, who's a really nice guy, and I just loved the game a lot, and I'm sure it will be the DLC, which is like a full game, I'm sure that will be in my top 10 towards the end of the year. Uh, so yeah, we spoke a lot about the game, there are no spoilers, but uh, I would encourage people to check it out. Uh, so yeah, so uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Shalev Moran. Please enjoy. Thank you for joining us. I am delighted to be joined by Shalev of Portaplay, I believe, is your company. Um, uh, is Bird it? Island is the new name. Oh, oh, well, yeah. look, there, there is me doing research. Uh, no, no, you're not wrong. There, there are two brands that I can, we can talk about it later when I introduce the company. Okay, sure. Okay, so Bird Island. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, this is this interview is going great so far. Yes. Uh, so Shal- Shalev is your name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't have a second name though. No, no. <laughs> so, yes, so Bird Island, the developer of Gerda, A Flame in Winter, and New DLC Live a Story. I, t- I think I got that right. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe. Um, there, there are two games really that I, I really, really enjoyed um, playing, and I'm delighted to talk more about it. We, we met first at uh, Reboot in Croatia. Yeah, um, that was nice. Yeah, it was a fantastic uh, conference. It would be great to go again. <laughs> we'll see if, if we can, but it was a fantastic conference. So h- how are you, Shalev, since we met last April? I'm all right. Uh, I I had a ton of traveling, and I just you came back. You were saying that. Yeah, I just came back uh, from uh, Toronto a few days ago, and that's, that's like my last travel of the season, and I'm so prepared to just kick back and and, <laughs> and go to work every day but just you know kind of like stay you know stay in Copenhagen rest a little bit enjoy the the late sun of uh, Denmark yes it's uh yeah. it, it's it's fantastic I mean because it's just the time we're recording it's a well we're still in mid-June um yeah. and uh the, the weather at least here and believe over there in Denmark is very different to how it is in Gerda it's cold it's winter it's snowy and the sun is shining here so far we've had a fantastic summer it's been 
uh, you know, very, very. And I believe with countries, with Nordic countries like Denmark and countries in the north like Ireland, we have longer daylight than yes. other countries because here's yes. 10, 10, 15 p.m. and it's still bright, which the, is fantastic. You know, the I moved to Denmark a few years ago and, you know, the, the winters are long because the days are very short. Uh, yes, then, that's the other but, part. <laughs> but then when summer comes, you can finish a full work day and go to the beach. Yeah, because we, the sun we do that up. as well. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, now, of course, in other countries, uh, they have longer, hotter weather, at yes. least compared in Ireland. But mm. uh, but yeah, no, that 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 is uh, that that is great. So we're here to talk about uh, Gerda, which was a game which is set in uh, Denmark during the Nazi occupation of 1944. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about Gerda. Um, we can talk about you, for example. So you, uh, I, I believe uh, you joined the studio. You didn't found... So for, sorry, first of all, before that, uh, are you a gamer yourself? Did you grow up playing any video games? And if so, what kind of narrative games or any games did you, do you remember playing and that you really liked? So we're, we're talking strictly about like childhood memories, early games, uh, first right? Of, first of all, yeah, we, can, okay. we can stick with ch- at the beginning. Yeah. So definitely my first introduction to, I think, maybe games at all was adventure games. It was the the uh, classic era of uh, LucasArts, right? Uh, Monkey Island. Definitely the one that captured my heart the most was Day of the Tentacle. Mm. Um, and uh, and Sam and Max, I, th- I thought had fantastic style, just a sense of, of, of style. Um, but uh, maybe the from from back when I was a teenager, the most influential were uh, the uh, Black Isle RPGs, the Fallout's, uh, the original Fallout's, and Bladescape Torment. Uh, I when I in my twenties, when I you know started getting interested more professionally in games, uh, that's where that's what I kind of looked back upon and said, Oh, that's that those worlds were just uh, mm. incredible to immerse, immerse myself in, in terms of narrative and, uh, you know, the discovery. With, uh, with the world building particular. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, yeah. <coughs> and then yeah. thinking, you know, just about adventure games, uh, not strictly as, you know, uh, you know, point and click, uh, uh, you know, uh, quest, but it's a paradigm of like going on an adventure, uh, and of course, that's something that we take, you know, as one of our the way we had, uh, approach things in, in in this studio. Then, you know, the, those those games, while were they were technically an RPG, in terms of the sense of adventure that you're going on, there's there's very few things like it, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I haven't played the Fallout games myself, but I've I've heard a lot of good things about most of those games. Uh, I would say mechanically, they mm. you know they got old. You know, mm. it, it's it's clunky. But uh, uh, Beamdog have been doing really good uh, preservation on on those games, and they're worth it. You know, play it on easy, right? Because you don't want to go through the mechanics; you just want to experience <laughs> the the stuff that that uh, that stayed fresh, that didn't get old, which mm. is the world building, the art, the story, uh, the characters. So I would say I would play the Fallout's on uh, or Planescape Torment on easy to just breeze through it and experience, you know. Um, experience the, uh, those stories okay now yeah that's what i sometimes do just play games yeah. like that whenever i do play stray mm. away from adventure games i play yeah. games kind of on easy mode just because i'm thinking <laughs> i don't want to 
you know, I don't have the time to learn about the combat and about the, you know yep. leveling up and everything. I just want to experience the world and the story. You're and, an adventure gamer. Yeah, and I know so for some people that might be sacrilegious. Yeah. But hey, look, it's a single player game. We can play however we want. We're not cheating against other people. The yeah. last time I played it, that was with uh, Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order, which I played mm. on easy mode because I was not good at it. And yeah. even then, I still had difficulty. Um, it's tough. I know. It's, it's tough. I, I played with other cheats with mods just to get through <laughs> it because well, I am terrible. I would not have gotten through it. But Those, uh, those froggy dragon things? They kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, there and the, uh, and even uh, the long dark. Um, I couldn't finish that game because that bear mm. kept killing me. But um, yeah. but thankfully, I didn't have any problem with your game with with Gerda. And before <laughs> yeah. we get before we get to that, then are there yeah. any recent games that you have played that you really really enjoyed? <clears throat> um, uh, I was thinking about you know, I, I played a ton of games and I try to play also like ton of genres and platforms. So mm. Let's focus on the things that are closer to adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, from the modern titles, I think the ones that blew my mind, influenced me most, are probably The Witness, uh, mm. which um, I know it's technically a puzzle game, but I think it can the, still fit. It's... But I think the wrapping, the wrapping mm. is so fundamental to what it is, right? So I was I was taken on a journey there, uh, and Kentucky Route Zero. Which yeah, I've heard of that as well. I've heard not even good things about that game. I still need to play. I think I have it on my Switch. It's it's a it's a total refresh, I think, of point and click. It doesn't have puzzles, it's just set pieces. Mm-hmm. Basically, just a series of set pieces. But uh the artistry, the references, what mm-hmm. they do with, with text, you know, what they do with the actual uh the way text appears on screen, you know, uh shading and, and movement. Uh, you know, is really elegant, really cool. Um, I really love uh, Hell Story and Sibel. Uh, I don't know if you know Sibel. It's by uh, no, an American, uh, American indie designer called Nina Freeman. Uh, they, they came out around the same time, I think, and both like are games that mimic computer screens, right? Hell Story is like a masterclass in 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 I guess. Puzzle design and storytelling, and you know, and leading you through things. Sibel is something else. Sibel is basically it's like a memoir game. So she recreated her her computer from her um, college years and integrated real chats she had with people while playing, you know, oh, wow. MMOs and stuff like that. So she recreates things that actually happened to her in a game. It's really really cool. Um, and then um, Virginia and Sunset. I, I, I guess I've you heard, heard about Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Have you played probably. Sunset though? That, no, that's, I haven't. Is that's... that thing you came from? No, that's. No, no, no. That's uh, 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 I think, uh, I think uh, <coughs> Sunset is like the the more uh, indie artsy version of a game like Virginia. It's also first person, very political, uh, d- different mechanics, but uh, also very simple. Uh, and he tells this amazing story about uh, revolution in a made-up uh, Central American country through playing a tiny, small part. You're this, you're playing a, a maid in the yes. house of in I, the I house of some know, yeah. some rich uh, gallerist, but through this very tiny little, you know, uh, uh, core code. I, you know, when you play a game like Gerida, you you know we love 
examining characters who are not heroes they're not you know a brave soldier fighting you know mm. so so uh and sunset is a really amazing uh game that that I think didn't get the attention it deserved for you playing uh, like somebody you know a maid of a rich guy that all, all you see is the house you clean but through that very small angle you get to influence the You know the politics of this country in a way like in the in the you know the things that are happening in this world it's it's really fantastic well I've just seen it there now and it yeah. does look very interesting uh yeah I'll have to check it out um well uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's my that's my kind of like uh, you know I think we can nearly un- see you know how you know what you know how you made Gerda then based on your yeah. choices yeah. there because mm-hmm. in Gerda I think the, as you mentioned that they're not really heroes uh or typical heroes but yeah um, but uh, yeah sorry were you going to say something there Didn't no no that's off? That's uh you know I, I was looking for you know more common stuff obviously disco Elysium uh, <laughs> uh, even though it came out after we already designed Gerda I think really helped us uh, you know validate a lot of our assumptions because we were making an RPG without combat mm. uh, uh, and oh, that's never going to sell that's never going to do well right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, seeing not just the success of uh, disco Elysium but also uh, Just seeing their approach uh you know gave us the confidence that we were doing something that will click with people you know uh yeah. well I, yeah. i hope your studio has a lot less drama behind the scenes oh than, oh, oh, oh boy I, we I, don't oh. think we need to go there <laughs> I, <laughs> you, you want to do a a, a hot take section at the... <laughs> Ooh, uh, and then we'll be getting a letter from lawyers I saw a documentary about it and it, the documentary is fantastic and it's just very very complicated I um, I I, uh, I of course I follow it too I saw the documentary I saw the response to the documentary I'm I'm actually on the camp that thinks that that uh, you know the documentary is conflated two stories that should have been told separately I think yeah uh, there's, there's different stories that but, I think but, but, on, but but the, but the but the the depth is still uh, is still fascinating and yeah yeah I well, feel so sorry for for uh, the, the people involved man it's yeah it, it's heartbreaking yeah I feel especially for you know, the last thing I'll say about it uh, mm. hopefully without getting Lauris involved is <laughs> <laughs> is the people at the company who are just stuck in the middle Mm. Uh, you know because they've been receiving you know death threats and everything and they didn't have anything to do with it really they're just trying to, to live yes uh, from from what I've seen but um but anyway so yeah fans uh, of games please do not threat us yeah please don't send death threats <laughs> to developers they're just yes. they're just like us yes. or uh but uh it but anyway uh so mm. you then joined is it is a bird island uh studio you said yeah Yeah, so so no you we were not wrong uh, the name is portaplay and bird Island basically what we did uh, and we launched Gerda as portaplay okay. uh, but, but what we the process we're going through now is uh, is uh, basically because our company does a lot of work for hire right that's actually how not just we not only stay afloat uh, but also allows us to to be more free uh, with our uh, themes and the and the and the games that we make for our own IP right uh, uh, by he- by doing this work for hire you know educational games games that are times with TV shows and stuff like that for clients uh, 
we are able to uh, tackle more more bold games, do games that you know we believe in a hundred percent and stuff like that be and stay more stable. But we wanted to separate those two brands basically. So now Portaplay, uh, the established brand that has been existed for many years, uh, is the is the thing that centers all the work for hire stuff. And we have a new brand that's called Bird Island that that's the own IP stuff. So that's the brand that released already the DLC. And that is the brand that will release all our, all of our future games. Okay, it's so the same. Bird, it's the same studio. The same just, studio, but yeah, Bird, just, Bird Island is uh, so that released the DLC yes. for Gerda. Yeah, and Bird Island is like the indie studio that you know when you when people think about us, they think about that we want them to think about Bird Island and Portaplay is more facing, you know, B two B business uh, uh, partners and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, thanks for her, for the explanation there. We're um, still one small indie studio in a basement uh, in Copenhagen. Yeah. Okay, with, with which you're names. seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so, um, yeah. So you jo- When did you join? Uh, four years Port ago. Play four years ago. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how did you get involved in 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 this game, in this company, then? Because. Uh, you, you told me before that recording that you were in a uh, games curator before. Yeah. So how did you go from that to <laughs> game developer? Yes. Uh, I started my journey in games. Uh, I was an artist, you know, uh, uh, you know, 10 years ago uh, doing graffiti and, uh, and performance art and stuff like that. And I started my journey in games from the cultural side. I was... I, I wrote about games for magazines uh, for uh, and... Uh, uh, I had a segment on a TV show talking about games uh, uh, back in Israel. I'm originally from Israel. Now I live in Denmark. Um, and But most notably, I was doing game exhibitions. I curated uh, uh, nine or ten game exhibitions uh, in Israel uh, up until the moment I, I uh, moved to Denmark. And through this curation process, I got to know both the the... Uh, international indie scene, right? I brought in games from all over the world and I made contact with people. And also the Israeli games industry. And eventually some some guy came up to me and said, I'm starting a new studio, can't be a game designer with me. And that's how I started back in Israel. Uh, eventually I felt like I wanted to study uh, because I kind of fell into the profession. So I found my, my way eventually to uh, a games uh, game design master's here in Copenhagen, Denmark, after working already in the industry for a few years, uh, making all types of games, uh, from uh, narrative stuff to mobile, you know, and casual games to educational, da da da. And uh, then when it was come time to take an internship uh, as a student, I uh, I met with Hans, uh, my boss, the CEO of uh, of uh, uh, Portaplay, and and the uh, the game director for uh, for uh, Gerda and uh, I joined in as a game design intern but because I had experience uh, and uh, because uh, I they could see that you know I'm contributing a lot after the internship ended I became a, a, a game designer and quickly after the lead designer managing the the team here uh, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, finish finish the game basically as the as the lead designer and also 
the narrative designer of the game. Well, congrats, uh, you got promoted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ga- games is a, lo- a, lo- a long process, right? I've, I've, yeah. been, I've been, we, we are now, have launched just now the, the DLC, right? And that was uh, almost four years since I, uh, so since I joined uh, on basically the concept stage of Gerda. Right. Wow. My, my, my first task was to prototype it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, congratulations on that. And, I, and yeah. as I told you before recording, congratulations on Gerda and the DLC. I've played both and I really, really enjoyed both. Um, I couldn't I couldn't stop when I was playing it shortly after I was on Discord saying this game is really, really good. You all need to <laughs> buy it and play it. And you were not uh, paying me to say that. So genuinely, uh, it was I really just so. Before we get into it, before I get into the, what I liked and to talk to you about more mm. detail about mm. uh, about the, some of the things in the game, uh, what set us up for people who haven't heard of uh, of Gerda? If you're watching on video, you probably see poster behind. We see Gerda there, and yeah. it's uh, it's she's with her bicycle. Uh, so <laughs> who 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 is Gerda? What is this game about? Where is it set? Um, and yeah, so over to you. So <clears throat> Gerda is a young woman in her 20s uh, living in a small town uh, uh, in Denmark near the German border uh, when, when the game t- takes place uh, at the very end of World War II, a few months, like the last winter of the war. Um, and uh, Gerda has managed to live her life quite you know, safely under the Nazi occupation. Uh, the Nazis were generally soft on the Danes. They saw them as, you know, in their, you know, uh, hierarchy of races, they saw them as, you know, pretty high up there, right? So they went soft on them. And she managed to manages to live her life quite safely. Uh, she's also uh, half German, half Danish herself. Like a lot of the populations in those areas, in those border areas were mixed, right? Because those borders changed hands a lot throughout the years. So her dad is a German, her mother is Danish. Uh, and uh, she manages to kind of like keep her head down, live a small life as a nurse uh, in that small town. But uh, the war comes knocking at her door, and I'm going to spoil a bit the very beginning of the game. I'll let so, you spoil it. Here yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm doing a minor spoiler to like, the first uh, few scenes in the game uh, to, to set up you know, what the story is about. Uh, uh, her husband gets arrested by the Gestapo, and there... Uh, suspecting uh, or, uh, him of doing some kind of uh, resistance activity. And this uh, this event sends Gerda on uh, a journey, uh, not out to the wilderness, but in her own town, but, uh, but a journey to try and do something to help uh, her husband. And this journey will will get her involved with both people she knows well and people she doesn't know with the Gestapo, with the resistance, with German citizens, with with, with Danish citizens. And uh, what she'll have to do is manage a very, very tight, you know, uh, uh, a very, very tight uh, uh, situation where things are always boiling and uh, the interests of different parties don't align. And she's stuck in the middle trying to get everybody on her side uh, and making some tough decisions, eventually affecting the fates not just of uh, of her husband, but of many, many people around her. The kind of game that it is, it's, uh, we call it RPG light. 
it, it plays quite like an adventure game. Point and click, walk around, talk to people, pick up stuff. Uh, but we call it RPG Lite because it has a lot of uh, RPG-ish mechanics in it. More from the social sites, stuff that you'd see in games like Disco Elysium. Uh, so you manage uh, Gerda's uh, own abilities, not power and dexterity, but... Uh, uh, her mental abilities, her soft, soft skills, right? That's the kind of person she is. Uh, uh, her wits, her uh, her compassion. Uh, and you manage uh, Gerda's relations, both with individuals, many, many individuals uh, that have a level of trust in Gerda that affects how they react to her, and with uh, factions, right? Uh, the, the Nazis, the, the resistance, the uh, German civilians and the Danish civilians all have an opinion about her. And all of these stats combined create this very dynamic uh, situation uh, that really affects how the story branches. So we, what we try to do is basically make every uh, decision feel like it has some weight, not just, you know, in, in adventure games and visual novels, sometimes you can see a very clear fork in the road, right? There's a moment where the dialogue ends and you have to decide between a few things. We wanted to give this feeling that, uh, you know, every, every decision is, every choice in the dialogue is a micro decision that, you know, changes the, those stats and create this snowball of effects uh, that uh, grow throughout the game. And of course, the, the it's not a metaphor, but the, the, the thing that we're trying to do with, uh, with these mechanics is uh, basically convey the feeling of a civilian you know, under uh, occupation where they're in a stressful situation and they have to, to weigh their actions way more carefully all the time, right? So this feeling of in crisis mode, minute actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, that you set it up very, very well, much better than I could have. <laughs> uh, so thank That's you for that. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do very well. You're doing your job very well. <laughs> Um, no, I think you explained it uh, perfectly. I think, you know, I just need to stress, this is just the very beginning of the game. Yes, uh, yes. Point, but, I, 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 this is the setup. The very, the, very beginning. In this, like, um, the first two scenes? Yeah, yes. something like that. Yeah. So, something like that. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, but, uh, yeah, and you mentioned that there, you know, that there's all these different factions and people who have all these different opinions. You have to navigate through all of these because, what I like about the game is that for you personally, the stakes are high. Your husband is being arrested and your main motivation for Gerda is to save your husband. And yes. then how you go about that is your choice. And you can choose different ways with different people. Um, you know, you can, yeah, I don't want to say too much more about how you can because, and even with your, what you might try, uh, it mightn't work. That's what I realized in the game because there was one thing I can might tell you after recording that I was yeah. nearly banking everything on one person or one faction, and then that fell through. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, what do I do? But then another door would open. I thought, oh, there's a possibility which I hadn't considered before. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I agree. I think that that was done really well uh, in the game, and I think right from the very beginning. Um, we kind of, I think something that, uh, especially narrative games, I, th I think what your game does very well is it it's both sets a scene from the very beginning, it grabs their interest, it introduces the characters and the gameplay, all of this through the first, seeing the first choice, I, I don't think it's a 
well, don't know as much of a spoiler. It's when you have to choose whether to help that German soldier or not um, yeah. as the nurse, because uh, it's not quite that simple. Yeah. Um, you, different factions, you know, some people saying, no, he's a Nazi, we can't help him. But then other people saying, he's a human being, we need to help him. And how that would affect the rest of the game. And I thought that was done really well, uh, because that sets up the kind of decisions you make throughout the game then. So, um so how, why do you decide to make the game uh you know the cho- how do you go about setting up the choices then in the game to make them matter how did you plan them out mm. uh you know like this choice and there are many more like like it that so how did you hmm. how did you plan these out then uh going forward for the game well i'll give a few uh i'll give a few uh pointers of how we think about these things but we'll also say that the that the truth is that a lot of uh you know, uh, revision goes into this. A lot of this. This was a game where it all leans on these, you know, tough moments of decision. And uh, just like other, you know, people revise puzzles, or other people revise, uh, uh, you know, platforming moments and stuff like that. There's a lot of tweaking that goes into these things. A lot of editing too, mm. cutting out, cutting out things, uh, uh, or, or padding things when you need to pad. Uh, so that's the uncomfortable, not very wise thing to say. It's it was it was uh, both so the planning, yeah, yeah, the, the planning of the of the plot and the actual uh, passes that we did on uh, on uh, the uh, the game. Uh, there's a lot of passes, but uh, one thing that uh, always inspires me is uh, a scene uh, from Heavy Rain, if you remember. Yeah, uh, the game, not 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 uh, the most beloved game, I think, and uh, <laughs> got a lot of uh, got a lot of uh, uh, criticism yeah. for very good very good reasons. But I think you can learn interesting lessons or take great moments even from games that are not so great. And <clears throat> in Heavy Rain, there's this moment where you are met with the choice of chopping your pinky. I'm now spoiling I a game. I remember it. Well, it's yes. just like 12, 13 years old. So I think it's... <laughs> and at, at that point in the game, the player is not met with a ton of violence, right? Uh, mm. At that point. Later, I think there's more stuff, maybe towards the end, I don't know. But the player doesn't... It, it's not a very, you know, punchy or gory game. And what you learn is that if you don't need piles of bodies to make an impact, if you just... You know, focus about how this this choice, this moment of choice, is heavy for the people participating in it. And I felt, I remember feeling wincing when mm-hmm. I was in that scene. So, but uh, that so that scene that you describe at the very beginning of the game with the with the wounded soldier, it's just one wounded person who is mm-hmm. he, he's a Wehrmacht soldier. You know, so also fuck him. You know, but <laughs> but if you if you really pull apart by having the characters mention the gravity of having somebody lying in front of you writhing in pain, right? In a, at a clinic, which is something that people face. Um, if you just if you just fo- take a moment to basically unfold it, it becomes a heavy choice. The other thing that I can say that was very important to us is like, we, we told ourselves that like, this is the challenge for the player, right? We're not making a game with a ton of puzzles. We have some pl- puzzles in the game to, you know, to liven up, you know, and change the pacing and stuff like that. But the main challenge is this moral challenge. And that is why we really focused on asking ourselves seriously, do I personally 
have uh, my moral answer to it. When I, when I examine my own ethics or my own morality, you know, and while we were creating those scenes, do I have an automatic answer? Yes, this is the right thing to do, or no, this is the, the, uh, the wrong thing to do. And if we found that we ourselves could answer by the, like, this is the right thing to do in a situation, then we cut it mm. from the game. Because uh, we wanted to, we, we have a lot of respect for players. We don't think uh, 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 that we know better than our players. So we really wanted to, we, our, you know, finger in the wind is, am I struggling with this? And that's how we did it. And we tried to focus the game on moments where we are not sure what is the moral or ethical thing to do, right? Some it's very hard because everybody has the politics, but uh, but we really try to to do that and to give that challenge to the player, and that's why we also sometimes call this game a brutal game because mm-hmm. we think it's it's brutal in a way that other games, you know, focus on less because it's very non-heroic because you often don't get you know to do the right thing. Yeah, no, that's uh, and it it is very interesting because the way that I played well both. Gerda and in the DLC live a story yeah. is I played them both as different characters with different motivations that Gerda mm. her main motivation that she and I think I told you that I got the peacekeeper yes uh, at the end which I think you were impressed with that and uh, I I, I, I did I, as well <laughs> I could not get the peacekeeper myself I'm very impressed <laughs> well, yeah. I'm ve- I'm I am honored. I what can I say? Yeah. No, I mean I was just the way that I was playing was I kept thinking not what would I what would I do, but I kept thinking what would Gerda do in this situation, um, and that's how I kept playing. Thought, okay, no, she is both half German, half uh, Danish. She mm. she just she's not violent, you know. You can play her different. You can you know slightly yeah. different. I'm sure, but that's the way I played her, and that's how it was consistent throughout the game. Now when I mm. played. Uh, leave a story. I played it slightly differently. It was far mm. more violent. I did not get Peacekeeper in that <laughs> game. Yeah. And I just thought, no, it's, and, and again, compare with that in Leave a Story, there was one section again. I'm going to be slightly vague because I don't want to give spoilers, but you're on a mission. You have to, and you have to choose either complete the mission or help someone else mm. uh, who had been captured or whatever. And All I was right. thinking, oh, I, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to help this person. Then I thought, what would Leva do? And I yeah. thought, no, I think as Leva, I would go ahead with the mission. Now, if I'd been playing as Gerda, I would be more people-focused. I would probably be like, yeah. no, let's help the person. So that's yeah. how I kind of thought about uh, in the, mm. these two games, which I thought was, was very interesting. Um, and also, you, you could kind of play the characters more or less as you wanted them to be, mm. which is kind of a frustration with other games like this that you talk about the options, you know, like what are the good options? But yeah. then it's like, well, neither option. I don't think the character would, uh, or none of the options the character would choose. I don't think. But mm. I never felt that in in Gerda. So that's um, that's what one good thing. But then there was, uh, and I think what one of the interesting things as well is that the two characters we play as Gerda and then Liva. Uh, you mentioned they're not your typical heroes. They're not soldiers. They're and they're both, uh, you know, two female leads and the realistic characters uh, as well. And particularly Liva, who's become mm. the leader of the resistance, we probably think of as like this nearly macho man, like John Wayne character. Yeah. But she isn't. So how did you come up with these two characters, uh, in particular Gerda and and Liva, and then the different kind of ways we could play as them? Um, 
so I'm I'm so sorry. I'm going to my writers are not here, and they're so important for a question like that. So I'll do I'll do my best. I was do whatever course, you can. Yeah, to answer the way I was of course the the narrative lead, but so much of the characterization. Uh, uh, is uh, thanks to the actual. Uh, uh, we'll, you know, we'll give a shout out to the writers. Right. So uh, shout out to Ida, to Ida and to Damir who did a fantastic uh, job yeah, no, of it's, writing it's this very, game. Very, very well written game. Fantastic yeah. as well. So, yeah. but in your experience, so, uh, of course, I was I was managing mm. the, the process, so I can, I can speak uh, to to my contribution. Sure. Um, one thing is that uh, you talk about you know feeling like it, it's plausible. We approach role playing, right? Is not as this empty page that sometimes you see in uh, mainstream role playing games. You know, uh, where you can be, you know, have a very broad range of reactions to everything, uh, and be whoever you want to be, right? We approach it as specifically role playing, mm-hmm. as like you're playing a specific person that has a, that has a specific range of reactions that they can. That they can react in, Gerda, for example, is not uh, not she's not mean. She can be quippy, mm. right? She can be quippy, and you can invest your points into wit and make her more witty. But she's she's not aggressive, for example, and she's not a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Liva, on the other hand, she is a, a bit of a self serious person, right? She she can be caring. But not soft, maybe, right? Uh, so this is this is uh, uh, it was very important for us to channel that. Other things I can say about the inspiration, uh, you know, Gerda. Um, we try to channel, bring things from ourselves, and bring things that we think uh, uh, players will will care about. Uh, with Gerda, we tr- we try to tackle the gamer notion that we all feel of being a, a completionist, right? And what it means to 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 be a completionist in an adventure game or an RPG game. It means trying to find out everything and also solve all the quest and kind of be good with everybody, you know, satisfy everybody, uh, you know, walk the, walk the center path and all the kind of centrist also... Um, Politics that come with it mm. that are that are not explicit in games, but and we try to challenge that. So we made this goody two shoes character basically. Gerda is a bit of a goody two shoes, in the best way. She's a nurse. She cures people. Mm-hmm. She helps people, right? But then we say, sorry, girl. In times of crisis, it's tough to be <laughs> in the center. And you let me tell you, decisions. yeah, exactly. And some some tough decisions, and, you, and you're going to disappoint some people. Uh, with Liva. Uh, we looked at, you know, she's a commander. What can we do with that? And what we thought is, you know, what about uh, we ex- ex- examine our own lives? Okay, some of us, you know, were in the army, you know, uh, previously, but we, we want something broader. So we thought about maybe, and, and we did talk to, for example, an officer in the pre-production about the challenges of, you know, managing a, a squad, right? We didn't have a, resistance fighter to talk to, but we could to talk to army officers, which is close enough. But more broadly, we thought about the burdens of being a manager. We thought about, mm. you know, I, w- I was thinking about me as a, a leader of a team of game designers and other people who manage all kinds of things. What is the burden of managing a team, right? Uh, you know, in that could be in crisis mode or in, in, in moments of conflict and moments of tension. And the Liva story is really about 
if Gerda, you know, as this very social person, you have trust with 20 or I don't know how many characters, maybe more in town. Liva has trust levels with four people, yeah, right? <laughs> Which is her, her squad mates. And that was the relationship we wanted to explore mostly is, you know, how do you manage the people under you? How do you solve conflicts? And where where do you have to make tough decisions as a manager, right? That's a metaphor, of course, you know, of being a... We, we take the met- manager metaphor and we, you know, take really? it to the extreme, you know, a, a leader of a resistance cell that is that is having some very hard times, right? Yeah. So, that... yeah, that's about the characterization, what I can share from the process of design. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And that's... um. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it because Skerda was much more sociable and friendly with everyone. But then as the game went on, she had to make some tough decisions about, you know, what to do, what way did she want to try and help her husband uh, yeah. and then might have to get her hands dirty in some ways um, or, or talk or work with people she mightn't otherwise work yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was very interesting. And then Leva, yeah, certainly that she wouldn't, she'd have, maybe no qualms about doing certain things that Gerda wouldn't do, but still yeah. she can be caring, but in a kind of a different way. Uh, yeah. and, you can, it's, and what was interesting as well with uh, RPG light mechanics that you mentioned the social side that at the mm. end, beginning of every chapter when you have the, the narration mm. and then you have three options, you choose which one you think it would be. And then that would give you either the wits or the wisdom yeah. or, and that can be used in the game as well. I thought that mm. was quite interesting. I'm I'm so happy you loved this it's... because it, it was it was actually a tough. It, it was a long process of designing this screen, mm. right? Uh, I know it's it probably seems very obvious how it looks now, <laughs> but we had so many versions of that screen before we landed on that one, and I'm really happy because uh, you know it's a a game where you tell your own story, mm. the, it, a moment where you actually tell your own story as in like you just reflect on what happened and you give it a little opinion right we thought it would be really Which nice I thought the, it worked well yeah. for the player to just say what, what their opinion is about of course you can min max it and try to figure out from the you know you can treat it as a puzzle and figure out what each comment uh, you know uh, relates yeah, I, to I kind of did a little bit of that I'll be yeah, honest <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's fine we want to allow the players to, to, uh, to do that if that's what they care about you know to try to win the game but we also wanted to give players the ability to, you know, just say what they think about what they what they just experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think worked well. Um, yeah. Now I also identified with Gerda because I also have double nationality. Uh, mm. My mom is from Bilbao in in Spain. My dad is yeah. Irish. Now, mm. thankfully, Spain aren't occupying Ireland, so I don't have that to worry about. Yeah, um, I don't have to think about joining the Irish resistance against Spain. That would be awkward. Yeah. Um, which Gerda does. But, and again, the way that I played her personally is at first she was kind of neutral and then she would kind of go more against uh, the Nazis who arrested her husband. But what I liked is you can still play kind of differently. It doesn't have to be like that per se either. Mm. Um, and, and then the, the other thing is, uh, well, the setting and the topic, because we don't get many narrative rpg light adventures set in the Second World War, least of all set in Denmark during the Second mm. World War. Mm. And it was interesting. I was reading a review. Now, all the reviews were pretty positive, which was uh, great to read as well. 
And it was really one review, and it was interesting how this game made other people feel because this reviewer was saying that she felt uncomfortable at times, that there was, uh, for example, one of the Nazis who I think was, or soldiers who was dating Gerda's best friend, and then she was saying that the game was asking you to kind of care about him or to, you know, be interested in him, and she was thinking, no, he's just a Nazi, you know, scum, I, and I didn't like that part. And, but I thought that's actually a positive for me, that... It's probably easy, I'm guessing, to try and make the Nazis as caricature evil. But one of the things, one of the things this game does very well is it shows their human side as well. Now, they did some really evil things, and this game doesn't shy away from that. But also, you know, you get to know some of the soldiers as well, um, and you when your interactions with them and their interactions with other people around you. Uh, so, h- how did you go about doing that? And how did you think about, uh, you know, shall we say, the sensitivity hmm. of um, uh, of this? Because I'm sure we must have had some conversations as well about the portrayal of some of the characters. Yes, we did. But um, uh, luckily, uh, this is a game studio that is that doesn't shy away from themes and mm-hmm. difficult. We we relish in it. Not yeah. not not to a, a degree that we we you know we we try to be you know edgy for edginess sake. We're just trying to be honest. Like and and it, it was very beautiful to have tough you know philosophical or moral discussions as a game design discussion in the studio because we're basically just trying to be honest. Actually when I made like a like a like inspiration poster for my uh, writers, you know, to, to hang in, in the writers' room. The bottom line is just said, "Be honest," you know. Uh, so we're trying to just be honest about the situation, about the fact that uh, uh, you know Nazis are just people, you know, are people, you know. Uh, uh, the, it's that it's actually dangerous to dehumanize them. When we dehumanize mm. them, we remove ourselves from. The possibility of enacting atrocities, but but everybody who enacted atrocities, you know, had a mom and dad. Uh, it's uh, it's also uh, connected to you know what you said. You also come from uh, this uh, uh, mixed mixed nationality. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of uh, 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 comments and responses like that. I am from a region like that. People, uh, it's especially in the European uh, uh, area, you know, which includes also uh, uh, the UK. Such a war-ridden region, where uh, up until very recently borders moved all the time around around this continent, and a lot of people have this experience. A lot of people also have the experience uh, of maybe being occupiers. I myself, you know, I'm originally from Israel. Mm. I spent three years serving in the Israeli uh, uh, military. I was on the occupying side. Right, uh, and I remember experiences uh, uh, from that that time that I channeled also into the game. Right, uh, um, so def- definitely, just not not blinking in the face of saying yes, everybody are people. Everybody, people, uh, these atrocities happen. You know, I I think somebody interviewed me and say, you know, monstrous acts exist, but there are no monsters. It's just people mm. all the way. Um, so, so that that's how we approached it. Uh, uh, just just trying to be as sincere as we can. I, I, again, we 
make things more condensed, like a soap opera. You know, this the, all the events that happen in uh, in Gerda, you know, are very much you know in succession, very very fast, right? So we condense things, but we try to to just approach things, you know, with with like full full human honesty as much as we can. Yeah, and I and I think that that certainly worked as well because again, I don't want to give spoilers, yeah. but you you don't shy away from. <laughs> Um, atrocities committed yeah. by them, but it's not gratuitous. It's not like trying to, as you mentioned, trying to be. Yeah, edgy. it feels very real, kind of very realistic, and kind of you know this is how they're getting on with lies. But also, we we do have to come to terms with the fact that main character's father is himself a you know German soldier. In yes, <laughs> and yes. Other, other people do comment to, to to you about that, like and and he, and he's a volunteer, by the way. Yeah, you know, but he's a volunteer. He, but then he also loves his daughter, Gerda. Absolutely. <laughs> and he also loves his neighbors, the yeah. Danish neighbors. And right? I think that, that will probably make people feel uncomfortable. Which Well, well, we wanted that. And, that's good, I think. And, that's and to be clear, criticism. Not, 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 to be, mm. not because we seek to be, to be edgy. And, and a lot of things in the game are like very clearly, you know, we don't have a lot of, I guess, visual violence happening, for example. Mm. But we wanted to be challenging in a way that this is a game. It should pose a challenge. With A game should pose a challenge to the players, hopefully a delightful challenge, a challenge that will make them, you know, feel elated in some way. Not always like, you know, laugh, laughing, ha-ha, but, you know, a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. And definitely we're in the, you know, moral challenge uh, territory. So we seek out as honestly as we can, what are what are actual moral challenges that this very extreme situation can provide, and then we bring them with with you know. And the nice thing is, the more honest we are, I think, the more challenging it is to to decide, right? If you put yourself in that role playing man space, you know, and mm. and and uh, and and try to 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 play the game also honestly, right? So then it's a it's a that's why I also say I think it's a very brutal game. It's just you know brutal in ways that uh, you know are less explored, right? There's mm. less, ga- there's more games about you know brutally ripping, uh, you know uh, body parts apart, and I fucking love Doom. Uh, <laughs> but we thought, okay, there, there's not a lot of games that are brutal about a, conversa- a, a conversation about your Nazi dad or a conversation with your best friend about her boyfriend who's a Wehrmacht officer. You know, uh, yeah, and... Uh, and she and she she loves him. She's in love. You know, she has like little heart eyes. You know, uh... <laughs> but then it's interesting when you play live a story and you see from the other side when they first yeah. meet. Well, I don't want to give spoilers, but you first beat some characters and then you see from their side and say, "Oh, a lot of Nazis in your family." <laughs> 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 yeah. Which I thought that comment was kind of funny because when I was playing yeah. Gerda, I didn't kind of think of it like that. I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah I can see I'm from the outside." Mm. But and then uh, on a, it might have been the same review. It started off saying that they weren't sure about the fact that there was a narrative RPG game set in a real setting that's kind of difficult. But then once they played a game, they were completely changed. They said, now I think all games set during World War II should be narrative RPGs. That's the best <laughs> yeah. way. So they, they went from thinking, oh, I'm not sure if this is very yeah. respectful to going, yeah, this is the because, I mean, of course, it's a game. You can never really know what it's like to either be occupied or be the occupied. Yeah. But I think this game goes some way to kind of showing kind of what it was like to kind of live under these <clears throat> conditions and also from these uh 
you know, from Nazi's point of view. And yeah. also, I personally learned a lot about Denmark. To my shame, I don't know much about it. And I learned so much about the culture. And I didn't know much about Denmark's role in World War II. And this game has really helped me understand what it was what it was like at that time that you could say maybe compared to other countries, it wasn't as bad, but these people still suffered. I learned a lot too. Remember when mm. I joined the project, I was about a year into, you know, being an immigrant in Denmark and didn't know much, but through, you know, we did uh, obviously some in, in the pre-production, we did research. I, we actually did a road trip down to uh, where the game takes place. Uh, that's England, how we chose- is it? We we chose Tinglev by just driving around and eventually getting to Tinglev and there was a really cool church there, and it was like, you know, we yeah, just... I, I want to go there now. I yeah, feel like it, I know it's... the place. <laughs> yeah, the, the the layout of the town is not exactly like it is in the game, but for example, the church is the church from the game. Uh, it's a very small place, uh, but uh, uh, but we we kind of like the minority of the situation because it forces us to challenge the player in ways that are you know more intimate right it's you're not on the front line you're not in uh, in the trenches or you're not uh, raiding normandy this very minor story forces us to think through the intimate situations and the the idea from the very beginning coming from hans our, our, uh, our ceo was like show the civilian side Show the, the civilian side side of war. Show that civilians also are not only victims, but also they have their own challenges. And they, you can't save the world. You can't end the war. You're not B.J. Blazkowicz. As much as I love B.J. Blazkowicz, <laughs> uh, but you still are faced with a lot of decisions, fateful decisions, right? So the small setting uh, helped us, uh, uh, you know, create this intimate portrayal. Now, of course, you're saying. You learned a lot through, you know, because there's a lot of facts and there's actually yeah, like a... Which was like fun, a, by the way, because... A little, were, little wiki, yeah. Yeah, there were other games in the early 2000s, uh, edutainment games, which yeah. a lot of them were very boring. <laughs> but we, this we, game, I thought, the, sorry to interrupt, but I thought that the, yeah. the facts, it kind of was, you know, natural in the game or that moment in the story. And uh, it was, I, I loved it personally. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I'm surprised by how many people liked it. I didn't. I I was not sure that people will love it. We did it to basically. It's not an entertainment game. It's a pure entertainment game. Just a, a different yes. type of a very realistic entertainment game, right? Uh, but we didn't set to do anything educational. What we figured is that um, that the like the let's call it I don't know, educational sides will give more grounding. I mean, this game takes its power from being realistic. Mm. We, did, we did a lot of real research. You know, we had a historian sit here in the studio for three months and create a database of, of historical factoids uh, about those the, the period. Uh, our, our writer, Ida, and our uh, CEO, Hans, swallowed, you know, uh, uh, history books as well. Uh, and we, we figured that this very realistic setting with a lot of different uh, not just information but also in the game you see a lot of traditions of this uh, of this place and the architecture will just help the, that feeling of you are dealing with some real shit you know this mm. is this is this is uh, a fictional story but made out of a lot of very real experiences kind of cobbled together into a fictional story and it's you know we're not saying that we we did a documentary just we felt, we felt this grounding will really give you know, gravitas to player decisions. 
Yeah, no, there's no special powers. You really, to get out of these situations you find yourself in, uh, you just have to use your social ability, um, you know, your dialogue, you know, talk your way out, or using objects, as you say, it's a venture game, you pick up objects. Sometimes, so for example, if you might pick up some alcohol or some, yeah. something to eat, you could eat it or drink it yourself, mm. or you can keep it. And maybe there'll be a situation. Yeah. And it happened once or twice when I used an object, and then I thought afterwards, oh, I could have used that now. That could have been really handy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh but yeah, no, it uh, and I think another thing is, you know, great thing now about studios that are around the world that you get to tell stories about mm. the places where you're from or you're living in. That's mm-hmm. not just set in typically the US or UK, mm-hmm. but it's now, you know, games set in Denmark during the Second World War, which is now available globally that people around mm. the world can play. Mm. um so yeah no it's fan- fantastic now i wanted to ask you about uh gameplay design decision as well now i don't know how much you've listened to the podcast but if you have you might have heard me talk about the save games <laughs> mm. yeah um that my personal opinion is i would prefer manual saves or for the game to save whenever you quit now i've been told that there are different reasons that you know technical reasons as well. Now, to be fair to Gerda, it does save every 10, 15 minutes, more or less. So um, it was never really an issue for me. But uh, what um, did you have uh, discussions about that uh, in your studio about the game? Was it a you know big factor or was it something that you? Oh, was, yeah. 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 So, so how, how did you guys come to, to this decision about the save games in yeah. Gerda? So, so to the listeners who haven't played it, the, the game saves uh... automatically automatically uh, at the uh, end of every scene. So in between scenes, basically. And a scene will last anyway from five to minutes to 20, I think is the longest scene mm. probably, but only, I think only at the end of the game, you have long scenes. Like Usually it's about the 15 minute mark for a scene. Um, and part of the reason we did it this way is technical. We, we had the functionality to save continuously, uh, but uh, but it, it had all, all kind of knock-on effects on the design. Uh, but there was also, uh, the, the reason we landed on the specific way we save now, which is in between scenes, is because part of the core design was this forward momentum. We want players to face the, the, the decisions and live with it, right? Mm-hmm. We want to encourage players to basically play through the game without looking back, right? Uh, we, we try to position it, you know, halfway between complicated narrative RPG like Disco Elysium and a fully streamlined experience like uh, Life is Strange or uh, or The Walking Dead that is like a mo- movie-like mm. thing. It's somewhere in the middle in terms of pacing and mechanics. But we definitely, from the, you know, the side of, you know, fully uh, immersive you know, cinematic, modern adventure games, we took this forward momentum and we wanted to encourage players to just go th- go for it, right? And and the way the game is designed is that you can't die, right? Mm. You It's also baked into Gerda's position as, a, as a, you know, somebody who's not hunted by, by the Nazis, right? She's, she's the one who's going to, she's lived her life safely, she's going to remain mm-hmm. safe. Uh, the consequences are for the people around her and and part and of that was interesting yeah and part of and 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 you know it it connects to you know 
it's not just a historical game, it's also a metaphor. It's a metaphor for, let's say, uh, people who are maybe in the West looking into countries that are more impoverished and are, you know, suffering from war, or people who are uh, just wealthier, you know, and don't have the same crisis as the people around them who are less wealthy. You know, uh, it's, uh, most people who have them, you know, the hardware and the money to play Gerda on Switch or, or, or Steam uh, are probably in a better position in life than the average human being on the planet. So uh, that's part of the metaphor. So Gerda is safe. She's safe and she can just keep on going. But we want players to face their decisions. So part of it was creating a safe system that encourages you to not save scum. Right, we didn't want to completely, you know, some games have like a single save, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, until you finish it, right? you can start a new game. We wanted to give some flexibility, if, you know, we, don't, we didn't want to be mean to the players, right? Thank so, you. <laughs> so, uh, if you really want to try something differently, you can, uh, you know, go back to you know, you can quit a scene, and when you reload, you, you load to the beginning of that scene, right? And when you finish the game, you can jump between different scenes. Right, but by giving just a little bit of you know space between this, we wanted to encourage players to just go for it, play the game all the way through, uh, uh, and then go back to places where they want to try to do something differently. Uh, yeah, and and just have this more immersive uh, forward momentum through through the video game. Yeah, no, thank thank you for that. Now. I think the save game here, as I said, my personal opinion is, you know, to if there are save games, but yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I, I, I'll but... also say if it was a if we, if it was a longer game, mm. right? Uh, we probably would have done it differently, right? Sure. Uh, if it was a twenty-hour game, we, <laughs> but it, but it's but it is a seven-hour game or eight, maybe if you're playing mm. slowly. Actually, some people finish it at five, five and a half hours. Well, but... I think it took me nine hours. Yeah, 8, I mean, 8. I'm, 9, I'm, but... I'm, I'm on the longer side. To me, me when I play it, even though I made it, it takes me about nine, nine and a half hours. Mm. But I know that to, uh, some players finish it at around seven and a half hours. Uh, in any case, uh, uh, if it was double that that size, we would probably went for a more granular save system when you can save whenever and stuff like that. And we've put in the effort to make it happen. But because it's short, because it's also very replayable, and we want mm. players to experience it. Uh, not by trying all the things you know uh, on the first playthrough, but basically by finish it fast and then try another approach. And we have many players who do play it, you know, second, third, fourth time. Yeah, yeah. We, see what difference. Yeah, we wanted to encourage players to you know just go for it, see what happens, and then you can quickly do a, a replay, right, and try other things. Yeah. Oh well, thank you for that. And I don't want to keep you too too long because I know I'm keeping you long. But <laughs> we, we haven't spoken about uh, the visuals of the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, cinematic uh, camera angles because you know it it really is like a, you know like a movie. I mean this in the best possible way with the camera angles that swoop in uh, as well. Well, what can we say about the visuals yourself? Because it really is looks unique. You see screenshots. You. you see videos. And you can tell, yes, like nothing, like like a lot of games, they look very similar. You can <laughs> go, okay, this looks like this game. But visually, Gerda looks like no other game that I've played. So from the very beginning, we knew we wanted a painterly look. Yes. And we, we were working with uh, uh, overlays that made the 3D world 
look like a painting. And then our art director, uh, Carolina, really honed in on this uh, uh, style of lighting and spottiness that is inspired by uh, the Danish uh, Impressionist movement of the 19th century. There was a, a group of painters called the Skagen painters uh, that they, they did Impressionism in the Danish style that was really influenced by the environments of that region of the world. The, the game happens in southern Denmark, in uh, the place, place called South Jutland. Uh, and they painted a lot in, in Jutland and... Uh, she took that style from there that, you know, is good at depicting big skies, big open spaces and with a lot of moodiness and a lot of grays and browns uh, and kind of like honed in on, on that experience. Uh, so from a general painterly style that we thought will soften the very harsh subjects, right? You know, uh, the game looks lovely at times, even though the subjects are really hard. Yeah, that's we focused true. We focused on this tribute to uh, uh, some classic period in Danish painting. And yeah, the the cinematic angles was just basically banking on on the uh, on the fact that it's a 3D game. It could have been a 2D game, but we really wanted to do this 3D, you know, exploration and uh, and, and have a lot of custom moments. This, this game is all about handcrafted moments and custom moments. So just banking on it by moving the camera around. You know, we didn't do anything fancy. We just did a lot of custom cameras uh, that framed the game in different ways. Uh, and that was a really cool collaboration between the design team that did all the uh, level design and setups and the art team that uh, dressed and lighted uh, everything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I would love for this game to be turned into either a movie or a TV series because yeah. I think, I think it, it would be, it would work really well in in. It's, it's very ready for the, adap the adaptation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a game, it's great because you can make the choices yourself. But it, it's mm -hmm. um, it, 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 there will be some. You'll have to pad it out because yeah, the game, the, this game is all about tough choices. How do you? Yeah, how do you make that as a TV series? Maybe maybe by process? showing the same kind of choice happening several times. I I don't know. I didn't yeah. ever thought about it. It's very much about the choices, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, again, sir, I don't want to keep you, but and I don't know how much you are able to say because you joined later, you said, but one thing that is interesting is that Don't Nod are the publishers and Don't Nod, of course, are well-known. Oh, I, I was there. Strange. I was oh, there, yeah. yeah. Are, are you able to say about how Don't Nod uh, came into... It's... publish the game or is there any maybe i don't know if you prefer to just move on no no it's um, there's, there's no what, 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 can, what can you say about this because it... i think it's it says a lot about gerda that don't nod were interested in publishing yeah uh um, the, the, the story the story is i mean I, there's not lots of secrets here it's quite plain and simple mm. don't not uh, wanted to expand into publishing right uh, and they were looking for their first published game uh, we were looking for, you know, Gail we're looking for a publisher. Jeremy's boy, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're looking, we're looking for a publisher, uh, and it was quite a very fast, smooth, obvious, you know, click. Uh, they saw the vertical slice that we made, and uh, Gerda just hits all of their marks, you know, uh, personal stories, uh, 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 interesting, vulnerable but strong uh, uh, heroine. Um, t uh, you know, uh, tough choices, you know, uh, focusing on tough choices, uh, focusing on subjects that are a little bold, maybe because mm. we're smaller and indie, we can be even a little more 
bold than their usual stuff, but they're also bold in other ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. Not, yeah. And, and we had one twist, which is the very realistic setting. I think the, the, they have a, a bit of fantasy in all of their games. And we were like, okay, what if, what if don't nod, but, uh, you know, more realistic, more realistic setting and more maybe classic point-and-click inter- interface. Uh, uh, but it was a very, in, they have a, an editorial, right, uh, line, right, which doesn't necessitate a specific genre because they, they make games in several different genres, but more th- themes, right? And we just hit the, the themes quite naturally. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it is quite natural when you play it. It's yeah. like, oh, this is like a game that Don't Not might make. Yeah, they could have um, made it. Yeah, if they yeah. if they wanted to do some RPG elements or some you know classic point and click, yeah. they could have made something like this. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the, the very very lazy way of describing uh, Gerdu could be like Life is Strange meets Disco Elysium with a little bit of Siberia the world. Uh, yes, uh, and we actually <laughs> talk, talked about it. You know, it's kind of like that actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Disco Elysium, I think the similarities are more with the gameplay mechanics that you mentioned that you started working on this before Disco Elysium came yeah. out. But then on nearly every other level, it's different, at least storyline-wise and everything. I, I'd say it's probably different. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I would say in my experience as a game designer, you know, when you're working on new games, um, a ton of ideas are moving around the studio, and mm. and a ton of ideas come up. Uh, and 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 when you're when you're processing themes and mechanics and stuff like that, what successful games do, you know, apart from inspiring you, is mostly just as a game that give you validation. Oh, that idea can work because mm. people actually reacted to it. It's not it's not too crazy because you know a lot of ideas are coming are moving around and, and usually people say no, this is this people will won't get it or this won't work. And what a successful game can do in a new genre uh, or in a new style maybe is, mm. is give you validation. Oh, okay, it can work. It's something like this can click with people, right? Uh, and that was that was uh, really the 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 most impactful thing that seeing this coalition succeed while developing it gave us, uh, you know, gave us this confidence. Maybe get like I, I can't speak to Don't Not's uh, publishing team, you know, because they were, you know, great with us from the very beginning. But maybe also gave them confidence, you know. Mm. I don't know. Definitely gave us confidence that yeah, this can this can work. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, this uh, na- this uh, RPG narrative RPG non-violent. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, maybe we're on the right track here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we we, that... we were going for it. We we're gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was already you know in in uh, you know uh, demo production when when this condition came out, but uh, it definitely gave us uh, an encouragement and you know a different way of talking about this with publishers, right? Mm. Uh, uh, you can well... point at you. You don't have to explain so much. You can point it at. <laughs> oh, it's it's like that. Yeah, yeah look, you know? look at that game. Look, look at this yeah, exactly. Elysium, you know, best-selling game. Yeah, ours was like that, but we were also making a game before that game was released. It's not. It's um... yeah. It's it's not a. It's it's not about uh, you know f- ego and stuff like that. It's more about mm. it's easier to explain what you're doing when you can point sure. at something, as opposed for to to like you know not having any anything to point at. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, now, just seeing in a trailer here that I have on the background in Steam, it says "inspired by a true story." Is that? Oh a, yeah. Or is it taken from no. different true stories, or how? The, the last so, question I'll ask about because I know you will probably want to go home. 
So uh, yeah, it's late here in the. I think I'm the last one at the office. Yeah, my my apologies. Uh, I will let you go home. <laughs> ah, it's good. We're glad for it. Um, um, there are many personal stories woven into the game. We put a lot of ourselves uh, in the game, and many scenes and characters are taken from experiences that we've had. So, uh, some um, smaller and some bigger. But the thing that we're talking about when we say it's inspired by a true story is. Uh, Gerda is loosely inspired herself by uh, Hans's grandmother. Oh. Uh, Hans, uh, the CEO and game director. Uh, his oh, grandmother, that's interesting. His grandmother lived in that region during World War II. She was a young woman. Uh, she was herself a resistance activist, uh, uh, not, a, not a fighter, but an activist that did a lot of crazy shit. Some things <laughs> that she did were so wild that we didn't put them in the game because... <laughs> because Too unrealistic. Uh, yeah, we, we said nobody will believe us. You know, uh, she she uh, didn't have a child, but she would smuggle... Uh, uh, she would smuggle uh, contraband in a baby carriage. You know, we just put it in a baby carriage, cover it with blankets, you know, leaflets and stuff like that who knows you know equipment and walk with the baby carriage and when and whenever like german soldiers would look at her she would just kind of like shake the baby carriage and say Shh, and then the german soldiers would go away and we we said like we can't nobody will believe us if we put this in the game so <laughs> but she she actually did that and uh her uh husband did get arrested oh. and got sent to camps uh and there were more things that uh, relate you know, to the plot of the game that I'm not going to spoil, that are part of her story and part of her reflections, moral reflections, ethical reflections uh, 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 that she had after uh, the war that she shared with Hans. And her conversations with him are what is inspired the character and uh, and the game and that the main dilemmas, the main challenges that we give the player in the game. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thank you for that. And so, where can people buy Gerda and Live a Story? Uh, where can people? Uh, Gerda and Live a Story are both available on Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam. Uh, please uh, write to us, either leave a review or just write to us in the forums. Uh, we love to hear what people think, we love to hear how people experience the game. Uh, we we really really are fed by hearing uh, yeah. what people how people uh, experienced it. So uh, please you know tell us what you thought in any medium uh, that you like uh, uh, because we we really learn from it a lot. Also. Yeah, no, I would highly recommend it uh, yeah. as as well. Uh, where can people find out more about you, your company? Do you have a website? Uh, BirdIsland.studio is uh, our website. Uh, my name is Shalev Moran. You can find more about uh, my own stuff and my own uh, other games and art in shalevmoran.com. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Will, thank you. Now, before we go, uh, very, very quickly, um, when we were at Reboot, you yeah. spoke to me about what you were like to kind of make next. Now, I don't want to say... Yeah. Too much, but it sounded very, very interesting. If it, you're able to go ahead, what what can you tell us about? I can't say a are? lot. I can't say a lot. I'll say, uh, um, uh, Bird Island always does RPGs with a twist, 
meaning we take something from RPGs and we mix it with other uh, mechanics or genres, and that is uh, that is Gerda, of course. That's, uh, our previous game, Broken Lies, was you know RPG with uh, with uh, uh, turn-based uh, tactics. Uh, and our next game will also be something that RPG players will enjoy and adventure players will enjoy, even though it borrows a lot from other uh, genres. It borrows from uh, roguelikes and even borrows from casual games, but to make an experience that uh, I think people who play adventure games and RPG games will really enjoy. Um, what can I say about it more? Uh, it's my personal vision. I'm, I'm the game director this time, so I'm directing it. Uh, and it will be a game that I'm going to say to keep it vague. It will be a game mm-hmm. that will try to give uh, uh, adventure gamers like you and me, or RPG gamers, or people who like st- games with the story, a, a hobby game, a game that they can play for a very long period. You know, uh, so not not just something that they finish and they're done with it, but more of something that can they come they can come back to. Oh, well, look, I would love to have you on again uh, to hear more about it because genuinely when uh, when I saw it, all I'll say is well, I couldn't believe that you even had the idea for it. <laughs> and I was thinking, how would this work? But I would leave I would leave it in your capable hands. Well, let's <laughs> let, let's once we go public or once we release it, mm. let's let's meet in this forum again and we'll talk more. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Shalev. Uh, I'd love to go to Denmark. I'd love to visit Tinglev along with you and a team at some point. Hopefully we can get to do that. If if you're in Copenhagen, pop into the studio. Absolutely. Now, well, thank you so, so much for staying late to talk to me and uh, for talking with the game. Huge congrats on the game again. I would genuinely, definitely recommend these two games. You're not paying me to say it. I played these two games. I loved them. <laughs> um, fantastic games as well. Uh, Skerda, A Flame in Winter, and Leave Us Stories. We will have links in the show notes. And if you're watching it on YouTube, in the YouTube description, uh, we'll probably have a trailer in the YouTube uh, yeah. <laughs> video as well for people as well. So thank you, Shalov. Thank you for listening or watching. And the very, very best of luck. And uh, hope to talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks for having me. And talk soon. So that was my interview with Shalov Moran. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I would really encourage people to play Gerda and uh, leave a story. Um, both fantastic games, a fantastic game in DLC. I really, really enjoy them. And uh, and yeah, I would really highly recommend people to check them out. And uh, now at uh, Reboot Develop Blue, uh, Shalev showed me a little bit of what he's working on next, which he hasn't announced publicly, so can't say. But all I will say is if, if his team pull it off, if they manage to pull it off, it will be like nothing we've ever seen before. Uh, so I, I hope they do. I, I wish them the best of luck. So uh, so that is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back uh, once again with reviews, with interviews. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be back very soon. So uh, uh, thank you as always for listening. Uh, Take care, everyone. Goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. 
Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at AdventGamePod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you